Bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to After Things. I'm Andrew Main and I am joined by Justin Robert Young. And Brian Brushwood, by the way, we can call him on a Skype if we want to get Brian on board. Uh, excellent, excellent. Well, uh, I will do that. But first, let's go ahead and set up the premise of this uh, this year program, which is that uh, uh, you have a, a huge, uh, a, a, a huge, momentous success on your hand. Um, I mean, all things being relative. Uh, yeah. very, very, very stoked right now. So as you all know, and I think most of you came over from weird things, you know that my book, The Naturalist is out or is going to be officially out October 1st. It's in its pre-release phase right now, available now for Amazon Prime members and pre-order came out Friday, Friday morning, Friday morning. I woke up and saw that, uh, it was, it'd been selected as a Kindle first, which is where the Amazon editors select books they want to showcase. And so they selected me. They and that was really, really awesome. They have many books to choose from. They get released every every month. But they decided to go with my book as one of them as a thriller mystery selection. So the book I don't know where it started, but by the time I saw it, early Friday morning, it was number eight on all of books and ebooks on Amazon. Which being in the top ten, launching in the top ten, uh, I over the moon, excited, thrilled, whatever, what have you. And then later in the day, it climbed to number three. Okay. And you don't want to be in a position where you're like wanting something that's going to make you disappointed. But I was kind of hoping for, you know, I started to care a little bit, a little emotionally overcome right now as I uh, wipe myself down with my McDonald's napkin. It climbed to number two. And once it got to number two, it's like, ooh, ooh, do, do, do I dare want it to get to, you know, and like, don't even hope for it because you just be happy. Just be happy you're in the top 100, let alone the top 10. Well, I woke up Saturday morning and The Naturalist hit number one and uh, hit number one on Amazon. And that's all books. And that was just a thrilling, thrilling moment as an author. And it's updated hourly, but it stayed there all day. It stayed all day at number one. Um And I did. I Man, I'm you know, I pushed and pushed as much as I could on Periscope Twitter, you know, email list telling everybody, get the book. If you like the book, review the book, whatever, just, just, just check the book out. That's all I ask for. Yeah. You know, let, let you decide what, you know, what you think of it all day at number one, which is kind of awesome. And this is for, you know, all books, which is kind of awesome. So that was Saturday. Then Sunday, it, you know, I kept checking, you know, not that I want to check, kept checking, kept checking. It stayed there all day Sunday. It was two days, two days at number one was really cool. And it started, you know, it had, uh, it had actually started late Friday, whatever, or partially. So I had actually three days, partially Monday. So I had three days where I hit, and then it went to number two yesterday. And I was okay with that because as author ranks go, J.K. Rowling was like number four, number five. And I'm sure she was coping with that. Sure. I'm sure she was managing that. And Stephen King, I'm sure they're on the phone like, ah, can you believe this guy, right? Yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, you're like, you know what? Like, all I cared for was breaking into the top 100. Yeah, hit number one was awesome. And then, uh, you know, 
talk to my agent today, all that sort of stuff. And then we hopped on to go do weird things. And right before today, we did a little refresh to see what the bestseller rank was. And, uh, and Andrew, Naturalist. what was it? Naturalist was back to number one. Back to number one after a very brief sojourn outside to uh, to the, the the debilitating number two slot. Uh, <laughs> uh, now uh, back to number one. Uh, Brian, uh, what was your experience watching Andrew through this? Dude, uh, my experience was a couple of, you know, texts back and forth with Andrew, but then the rest of my time just constantly hitting refresh all day, specifically watching the reviews come in, because I guess there's a whole there's a whole group of people that whatever comes out on the Kindle store, they jump in and they gobble up books. People were buying it that morning and posting reviews on it that night, uh, which was great in that they tended to be largely five star reviews. Uh, but it was the one-star reviews that were killing me because they were for the dumbest reasons. Like, I couldn't get this to download correctly. One star. Uh, and, and the one that broke my heart the most was a fast-paced, action-packed read. What a fun book. One star. It's like, you <laughs> screwed got up. A very, that's the Michelin Guide approach towards it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, we've talked a bit before about how you deal with reviews. And one of the things, and Brian and I had kind of a long, long conversation about this on Saturday. When you put something out for your fans and people who know you, you're going to get warm hugs. You're, you're, you're going to get embraced. And you're going to get love. And it's not necessarily realistic to how the rest of the world is going to like something. You know, if we do something, people are going to be like, five stars. We love it because you did this thing. You did what I liked before. And I'm reading this and I like this because I like you. What happens is, is you then get another wave of people who don't have that experience. All you are is a book. All you are is a book. And, and they will judge it purely on those grounds, which that's really the comfortable place you want to be in is where somebody who doesn't know me or understand it will judge the work entirely by itself. And those reviews started coming in, and that was enthusiastic because these were top 500 Amazon reviewers, no effing idea who I was, and they were picking up what I was about. Then there's the third wave, which is people reacting to the hype. Once a book makes it to number one, once people start raving about something, you get then people who are not reacting to the book they're reacting to the response to the book. And that's why I said, you know, for a book that goes super popular or super mainstream, being in the number four or high three territory is not a bad place to be no. because you're being pushed in front of so many other people that just want a book and they, but they may not be into thriller mystery. They may not be into science. They may not be in, you know, Andrew Main style writing. And so I told myself, like, I know where I want to be, but I know where I'm comfortable being. And we'll see the book. If this book's momentum keeps going, we're going to see it's going to be all over the place. But I'm, I'm happy that the first sort of people just reacting to the book has been very positive. Uh, and of course, here, After Things is where we commit to giving you guys the real work here. And and the reason why this thing shot up like a rocket is because of your involvement in the Kindle, in the Kindle First program, right? That's 100%. How, 100%. Does, that, how does that come together? So... Kindle First is a program where the editors, it's in, in a section of Amazon, they will select books that they want to feature for the month that for the month they select books. And it's I think it's open to just I, I'm not sure which publishers are open to it or which publishers are involved in it. I don't know that part. But a publisher says, okay, here's the deal. We'll let you, you know, effectively give the book away to Amazon Prime members so they can review it before anybody else. It's a pre-release way to go out there. And, you know, the book is basically, it counts as a paid book, counts as a paid, you know, as an actual download because 
I am I'm given a compensation for that, not a per book, but basically a buyout, whatever kind of thing. They do that. So the goal is there. It's a way to provide a perk for Amazon Prime members. It's a way to say, hey, here's a special way to be a member of Amazon Prime. You get this book in advance. So they select and they have, you know, hundreds of books to select from. I don't know the number of it, but they choose what they think are going to best fit. They want to give a wide range. They choose like, you know, you know, fictional, historical, et cetera. And so that's what the Kindle First program is. And you have to submit a book way, way in advance. So I know that when my book was first picked up, Thomas and Mercer, they had submitted it. They said, we want to put you in as a Kindle first. They don't submit every book that they pick up to do this. They, they're careful about what they choose to do it. And then I found out a couple months ago that I, I had won. Or I, you know, I got that slot. Yeah. And and we talked about a little bit of Naturalist, and I was vague about stuff because I knew my goal is to get my books read by as many people as possible. And being able to have a book in the Kindle First program was wonderful because I just want to build up reviews. I want to build fans. You know, if people then buy the books and all that, that's wonderful. But I'm, I still want to spread as you know an artist and getting you know people reading my stuff. So being selected for that was great. It was super helpful. It got to my core philosophy, which is, you know, I use my email list when I own a book, all the rights to it. I will give copies away for free just to get people to read it. If you look at a book like Station Breaker, I was giving away ebook versions of that to people on my email list. I'm like, just read it. You know, you don't have to review it. You're not obligated to anything. I want real reviews. And we've talked about this before. You know, I had, you know, one of the first critical responses I got was somebody who saw a lot of the positive response is like, ah, this smells fishy to me. And I responded, I'm like, listen, like, it hurts me as a writer and trying to build my fan base if I get bogus reviews because. I want people to read a review and know what the book's about, because if you read this review and it's like, that's the most awesome book ever, and you get it and you're unhappy, your review is going to, you know, all the reviews, all the negative reviews that come after that review are going to bring me down. Yeah. So. Yeah. So were you were you able to still determine your own publishing date or was there like a batch or a time? Uh, was it you and a group of other people or I guess just they're constantly adding people to the program? There was it was the you know, they 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 say when the book is going to be released, they pitch it to the editors at Amazon again. And Amazon has a number of programs that they do for choosing. They have many different ways of featuring books. And so this was decided well in advance. I turned in the manuscript for this, you know, December last year, you know. Um, I bet probably I did some revisions on that, but that was when like I think the the, the major part of the manuscript was done. But that it was I was told probably a year ago they were going to submit it for for this you know, program maybe 10 months ago yeah yeah that they they were going to try to submit it to see if they couldn't get me into the slot now you only know what you are told in this prog in this process but like you mentioned for for the people that are are published by your your you know Thomas and Mercer not everybody goes into this program how much do you think no and it's not just Thomas and Mercer it's a bunch of the other companies and I, I'm not sure I don't know it may be open to other publishers too outside of Amazon publishing too okay. I don't know the answer on that but yeah it's it's lots of others like union others etc so so how much do you think in 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 the Kindle first programs understanding of this the fact that you were a successful uh, uh, author in their platform you made your name because of ebooks that you uh, built a fan base for and, and wound up being successful in their algorithm with Angel Killer. Yeah, I think even going back to Public Enemy Zero, you know, the yeah. first, you know, uh, and, you know, we had the first book I ever released was The Grendel's Shadow. And, and that was like my first experience, like, oh, I climbed to the top of like Steampunk, you know, for a while. Yeah. 
and then understanding that and it's not some people kind of think like oh i mean I, I don't look well in this conversation but it's funny and relevant you know i went to the magic castle the other day and i was talking about books or something like this and 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 i may have mentioned oh yeah i've got the i got the you know i got the, I have the number one book on amazon right now yeah. and i got this well you know you can really game those categories that go in what category <laughs> oh, yeah. you got to be that smug. I, I, oh, my oh God. wait, no, it's a little category. Oh, wait, what is it? I don't know if you heard it. Uh, yeah, it's it's books. Books. Phone <laughs> 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 comes out. Dit, 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 dit. Oh, wow. This little category. Maybe maybe you've heard of it. It's it's called books. Oh, wait, I screwed that up. <laughs> it's, it's just, um, I'm not proud of my behavior in that moment or the smugness in which I felt, but that was absolutely because it was because I said that, too, because people like, oh, my friend had a number one. I'm like, well, what? Because, like, you know, you know, there's ways to game categories for an hour or whatever, but. Sure. Well, and uh, uh, and specifically also, magicians are the 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 kind of bunch that has a well earned reputation. But the magicians tend to have uh, crab in the bucket syndrome, where the moment somebody looks like they're about to climb out of the bucket, they gotta drag them down. And uh, what a great moment for somebody to, to say that to you and be able to. <laughs> the best was. I wish I recorded this because I called my mom. I told her like, "Hey, I hit number one." You know, it's like great, 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 great. Then I called my dad a little while later who was watching football at a friend's house. I'm like, oh, did you hear the news about the books? I'm like, yeah. Uh, Mom says you hit number one in science fiction. Oh, no. <laughs> I go, Dad, uh, I got to call you right back. I got to call you right back. <laughs> I call my mom. I'm like, um, so I talked to Dad. <laughs> and uh, uh, what did you tell him? I told him you were number one. Did, did you say? I think I said science fiction. I go, Mom. Yeah, I'm number one in science fiction and thriller mystery. And you know what else I'm number one in? All the books, Mom. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say. Uh, so, yeah, it turned the, the, into a uh, there, there, there's, that, that is yet another rich uh, 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 addition to the ever-growing compendium of the, 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 the Pat and Andy show, uh, uh, Andrew's relationship with his mother. Yeah, I went zero to awful pretty quickly, folks. Pretty quickly. <laughs> Not going to lie here. Um, in all seriousness, it's a fun thing. You just try to enjoy it while you can. Because, I mean, in, in the middle of all this, I'm in Burbank. The hills are on fire. We've got amazing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Saturday. I'm feeling great. And I walk into this Zanku chicken place. And in front of me are four firemen covered in ash, you know, who just got down from fighting the fire, you know. And you're like, yeah, no, what they did, that really matters. You know, my brother, my brother's sending me photos of him on a boat where he's helping with rescue efforts in the middle of Houston, you know, and, you know, I have friends that are helping rebuild houses, you know, and I so you're like, story. look at me, I'm a writer guy. <laughs> but, uh, but as far as, I mean, certainly for the audience that listens to After Things, I mean, this is, uh, uh, this is, I, I don't want to say harvest time because that makes it sound like it's the end of the road, but. Um, I'll tell you what really strikes me. How long ago did you write uh, The Grendel Shadow? Six years ago. March. Six years ago. South by Southwest. You started uh, <clears throat> publishing this stuff because there was a new platform. And at the time, uh, it, it it is strange to watch a friend of yours that you know for being a magician, for creating illusions. And, oh, yeah, he writes illusion books. And, uh, oh, you know, somebody's got pretensions of whatever. Um, 
uh, not not that I felt that way, but I can understand how somebody would feel that way. At this point now, six years down the road, how many books have you written and how many are published? I've probably written close to 30 uh, through publisher publishing, either an audio or, I mean, like, uh, there have been three Jessica Blackwood books. The Naturalist is the fourth print book that's come out, not including foreign editions. Uh, then we have the Tantra audio versions of Station Breaker and orbital and then you know we can count like wordfire press did a, a run with uh chronological man for things so chronological monsters and, this, and so. then on top of those uh, all the rest of the books are all they're all in the amazon store here here's my point um when you go back to that moment that you sat down to write your first novella you know the uh the grendel shadow uh, it may have seemed outrageous and insane to sit there having never written a, a, a fiction book or that got published uh, to self-publish and say, I'm going to be a number one bestseller for a week straight, basically. You know, we're creeping up on that a week straight uh, in the Amazon store. Um, that seems so audacious that many people are going to think the journey from here to there is too far. Like there's no way. I can become that. It's six whole years in the future. Uh, and this is my my favorite quote from Brian Tracy. He says, the time is going to pass anyway. It will become six years from now, one way or the other. And you will have either written 30 books in the meantime yeah. or still be talking about how you're getting ready to get started. You know, it, it, it's absolutely, absolutely true. And and I get on my friends' cases because I kind of stop having conversations with people because after a point, they're either going to do it or not. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have a friend and I'm not going to name names. So I kept saying, you need to start an online store to, to you, know, cap, you know, capitalize on your internet presence, et cetera. You should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And then they did it. Brian Brush. Yeah. Oh, okay, I was about to say this sounds familiar. It sounds yeah. really yeah. familiar. Uh, but but you you and you have friends that get things done. You have friends that get things done, or friends that talk about things. And not everybody's going to do it right when you say because they have you had to evaluate and do things. And then you did it in a great way. The way you did it was different than I would have thought to do it. The way you launched it was brilliant because you put a lot of time into it. Whatever. But you you can say. I mean, you realize at some point, like yeah, this this is not a thing a guy should do. This is a thing I should do now. For me in writing, the, 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 the scare factor was I'd never written a novel before. I tried. I kept failing at 35,000 words. And then I said, you know what? 35,000 words is a perfectly sized novella. So if I, if I stop at 35,000 words but I'm writing a novella, then it's done. And that's what The Grendel Shadow was, was the first test run to see could I make it to the end of a novella. After The Grendel Shadow flew right by, I'm like, now it's time to write a novel. And I was scared because I knew I didn't I know there was so much I didn't know. I'm like, I don't know so much about writing. I'm, I was at the point where I could take a book apart on an objective level and say what is where that succeeded or failed for me. So, you know, I made this promise that after every every book I wrote, I would read a book on writing. I would do something to improve my writing craft. So I wasn't just like, look at me. I am a writer and I know what I'm doing. I'm like, no, I'm constantly trying to get better. And. I had a wonderful, wonderful run because the next book was Public Enemy Zero, which was like a top techno thriller. And that was a book that I wrote literally weeks after finishing Grindel's Shadow. I think that came out in April or May or whatever. Like, and that book, you know, did I think that may have made it into the top 100 or 500 or something on Amazon. It was it topped in sci fi for a while. 
And that was the book that I'm like, and it sold really well. And I'm like, you know what? This is my hit. This is my hit. Enjoy this. If I can come close to this with other books, I'll have a good writing career. And, you know, I wrote a couple of the little things. Uh, also, also wait, let me let me let me put a pause on this while, while Andrew goes through this, because, by the way, this is all happening at the same time that, you know, we're still doing, uh, you know, I'm I'm still in Florida. Uh, uh, Itrix is still going. The store is still going. Andrew's still creating uh, DVDs and and magic books and effects and everything. Uh, uh, the the pitch uh, for a television show, the march toward a television show, continued in in the fits and starts that that went along with with that. That uh, this was its own process that kind of kept incrementally sort of humming along. Yeah, I was other things were going on, but I, I started doing books because I wanted to have something that was on its own, that I wasn't waiting for a studio executive or somebody else to say, yes, you you get to have a TV show, or whatever. So Public Enemy Zero did really well. And and my advice to some people who are thinking about self-publishing is that that's how I got my agent. I got my first t- movie deal from that book and so in a book that's still self-published this day. It's never been picked up in print or audio by anybody else. Uh, which I think is kind of crazy because I think it would do that's really well nuts. by that. But it, I know, God, I know. Public Enemy Zero is so good. It's it, that's uh, if anything, I would say uh, uh, that that's that's a, a, a book that should be picked up and had a, a sequel written for it. Like it, it's great. Well, well but it, it's that's one of those things too, where it's like uh, the nice thing about owning all your stuff and uh, and being a writer is that your back catalog will only get more valuable after uh, after your first number one bestseller. Yeah, I mean, think about. Think about um, uh, how many of Michael Crichton's book exploded after uh, Jurassic Park uh, did so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, I mean, yeah, he's, man, he's my idol. Uh, but I wrote that, and I'm like, Public Enemies are like, all right, this is my big hit, maybe. And I and I knew that, I, I read somewhere that like one out of nine books from publishers actually makes money for the others. And I said, okay, I don't want, I can't write a book a year and wait nine years for success. I should be thinking about writing maybe nine books a year or something and not garbage. You know, and I have I have books that just will never see the light of day. I'm sure people would like them, but I'm like, nah, I want to I, I need I learned this. I learned this. I learned that. But I said, I'm going to have a crazy pace. So that first year I wrote Grendel Shadow, Public Enemy Zero, Chronological Man, Monster in the Mist. Uh, I put out at least like four books in that first year. And then I wrote a little thing called Angel Killer, which came out, I think, March the next year, which is a year from when I decided I was going to be a novelist. I put out my fifth or my sixth book, which was Angel Killer. And that had an interesting path. Initially, it did really well with our audience, and then it slowed down, and then I moved on to Hollywood Pharaohs or whatever. But at that point, I was getting meetings for Public Enemy Zero, et cetera. And then, what uh, was, it? was it was it Public Enemy Zero where, where you first started – you first started getting the agent and the yeah, and, and Public Enemy Zero got me my agent. Yeah, Public so, Enemy Zero and, and and that was also the first uh check for for movie rights, right? Yep. Yep. That was the first check for movie rights. That was what I you know, I I, I went with uh Trident Media, Robert Gottlieb and Erica Silverman, who were uh, wonderful, fantastic. And and that introduced me to the whole world. It was a year, you know, you know, within within almost a year of having written Public Enemy Zero, uh I then put out Angel Killer, or put an Angel Killer a year later, and I thought Public Enemy Zero, that was going to be the top book, right? And then Angel Killer comes out, and during that summer, we were at Dragon Con. Yep. And 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 I'm in the middle of negotiating, by the way, when that book starts to take off, all of a sudden there's an interest in an Andrew Main TV show and whatnot, 
And I think I kicked you awake to tell you that, like, the, the results for Angel Killer, how that no, was I doing. Rem- I remember it like it was yesterday because I was just literally at that same spot. We were at the the Pulse Bar, the Pulse Loft in, in the Marriott, if you've ever been to, to Dragon Con. And we were looking out into the sea of humanity. And Andrew's like, hey, have you seen the the... The, the, like what's what Angel Killer's doing, and I'm like, no, nah, I, I haven't seen it. And he pulls out his phone and he shows me that it's just it's it's ha, you know it's charting in these like crazy places that we had never seen it chart before, and uh, uh, we wound up tracking it back to to uh, uh, England, British. It was England. British. Was, most yeah. of the sales are coming in England, uh, and, and it, crazy. And it was just it yeah. was just overnight. So that book, you know, and that was and that eclipsed Public Enemy Zero. And that was and that was and the funny thing about that is I was on the phone with my agent talking about the film rights for Public Enemy Zero. And she says to me, she says, what's this book? Angel Killer. <laughs> and I go, oh, you know, like, you know, I still you know, self-publish. She's like, yeah, she goes, yeah, I had some people who are working on the rights for Public Enemy Zero. They're asking me about Angel Killer. I'm like, yeah. And this is before it had blown up. And I'm yeah. like, you know, yeah, it's been doing good. She goes, I love Erica. She goes, maybe you should send it to me. and of course you're being totally self-deprecating like oh i don't know i'm just uh the first or second year self-published author working on it yeah and it was literally that was a book i sat down though and i said i want to try to write a mainstream thriller i i I you know i want to do a topic i like i want to do that venn diagram of things i love and things i think would be popular and so that was i was very very unsure but that i it it you know, I remember it was something like in October or whatever or somewhere I got an email that said congratulations from another agent. Didn't know if I was picked up yet. And I'm like, what for? And he said, oh, Amazon UK released a list of the top 10 best-selling authors in the United in the United Kingdom, indie, indie authors, and I was number five. Wow. And you're like, holy cow. And I think for like if there had been an American list, because that book sold hundreds of thousands of copies, if there had been an American list, I may have been in the top 10 or something like that too. So that was this, and it was like, wow. You know, I thought Public Enemy Zero was the top, and then Angel Killer, and then we made a deal with Harper Collins, do a two book deal, and then a big important thing happened is I worked with a wonderful editor there, Hannah Wood, who was old school, young woman, but old school was like like my English teacher. You know, would red pen my manuscripts, and I learned so much from her about how to improve. And my writing style, I think, really improved in a, at a very fast rate because I was very dedicated towards doing that, and I had great feedback. I had absolutely great feedback. And I knew I had to grow. I knew I wanted to grow. So that first book that I did with Harper Collins, which after Angel Killer, we did a version of that, Name of the Devil, that put me on the Thriller Award shortlist. I was a finalist for the Thriller Award, and I started to feel like, okay, I think I'm getting industry recognition now, and the books are moving. So that was a good point. But even with the Angel Killer, you're like, okay, that's it. You know, Name of the Devil didn't do anywhere near as Angel Killer did. But Nima Devil got recognition, and you're kind of like, okay, I guess this is it. You know, now I just got to figure out how to come close to what I did before. Uh, by the way, I'm just, uh, I just wanted to look at Angel Killer real quick. Uh, Angel Killer, number one in mystery or thrillers and suspense, number one in mystery, uh, number one naturalist, in s- you mean? No, Angel Killer oh. right now, uh, also in, in books. In uh, uh, mystery, thriller, and suspense in the thriller and suspense category. Oh, no, no, sorry, no, no, no. No, I, I uh, my mistake, my mistake. This is your author rank that I'm looking at. Yeah, you have my author rank, yeah. The number one and all that. And also that you are, when you look at the top 100 authors, the top two are Andrew May. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. 
yeah, you don't want to brag, but you know, to behold the number one and two spot is a very special achievement. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, this is the part where I'm I'm sure we have to kind of you know talk. Uh, and I would say talk the fans down, but but it's tempting for many people to say like, oh, well, you're a made man now. You're just going <laughs> to uh, uh, be successful and have all the money. Congratulations. The lightning struck. <laughs> yeah. <fun>. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I mean, you're looking at the beginning of a very, very long, very involved journey, right? Yeah. I So to give you an example, Friday, you know, the book, by the time I think I talked to Erica, the book was number three or number two or whatever. And my my Erica was over the moon. And Erica's a wonderful agent. Like I said, Erica worked with Michael Crichton, Hunter S. Thompson, you know, Robin Cook, et cetera. She's worked with just some great, great people. So I'm just flattered every time she calls me. And she's just a, a lovely, wonderful person. But Erica calls me up and she's, you know, New York agent. You know, she's like, now I know you want to celebrate, but now's the time you've got to work, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. it's true. And that's why I love her. Is that she does not blow smoke. She just up parts. She is very serious. She's very loving, but she's a very, now we've got to work. She says, you know, we need to, you know, we want to get deals for these things. We got to get this stuff in a place. We got to go do that. And that's, you know, I spent the weekend, as you know, I was heavily on Periscope, working on outlines and just, just getting stuff done because it doesn't last. You know, I, every time I clicked there and I saw, you know, naturalist at number one, I'm like, this is great. Enjoy this for the moment. You don't get to stay there, you know. And then yesterday, you know, when I saw that uh, it finally, I, I, you know, went to number number two, which uh. is silly. It's stupid to be like, oh, number two. Um, and Teresa Driscoll's book, by the way, I am watching you, which is getting great response, great reviews. She's, you know, number one spot. You're like, that's fine. This is the way it works. This is the way it works, you know. Um, and then back to number one today, you know, you're like, wow, okay, but let's not obsess over that, but let's keep pushing and promoting, but let's focus on next. What's our next? Because now's the time to go out there and to try to make sure that I can have a successful book next year. Mo Looking Glass comes out in March. I want people to love Naturalist and go to Looking Glass. I'm trying to get a couple other titles lined up for next year, but I got to do that now. Publishing is so slow. Uh, yeah, let me, let me, that blows me away. Let, 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 let me ask you this. Uh, when you go through the, 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 you know, with Jessica Blackwood, you, you, with, with Bourbon Street Books, you had the traditional publishing experience, which is specifically, I think, for so many people that begin self-publishing, this is the, the, uh, a, a crowning achievement, something that you, that you really want to uh, uh, cherish. And now uh, uh, that you have, have uh, experienced that, uh, you are uh, uh, with, uh, you know, uh, Thomas and Mercer with, with Naturalist and, and this is happening to you now. Uh, how how would you compare kind of uh, working, uh, you know, re releasing those books and, and then coming in and doing these? You know, every what makes what sets publishers apart can be they can have a house style of what a book is when i first went with harper collins i was with bourbon strength books which is an imprint which is sort of this mystery imprint there and and they go for this is what their brand is this is what they're doing there and uh i think the last book just was a general harper collins thriller mystery release but you know everybody has their different approach and and sometimes it's overlap sometimes it's similar I'm a person that grew up in sort of the online world of promotion. And so most of my thinking tends to be like, well, I get on a live stream and I talk about it here. I get on a podcast. I do this there, whatever. You know, Harper, Harper, you know, has kind of a, more of an old school approach to that, which was different for me. But 
part of why the way Harper works is why, you know, I probably got the Thriller Award nomination. You know, yeah. part of the reason they work is that they look at they look at these awards, they look at these things. And I'm not to say that Thomas and Mercer doesn't submit. To, I don't know. But I know they have their different approaches. And it's just trying to adapt to the different ways in which they work, you know. Um, you know, and the challenge for me is that a lot of the old school way is like, hey, we want you to go to this conference here. We want you to go to this conference there. And I'm a guy that looks at things as like pure points of efficiency. I'm like, well, I can do a Periscope stream and I'll probably get 135 people that will watch the first couple minutes of it. And so if I'm talking about my book, they'll see that. I'll end up with about a 30 or 40 person audience, which if I do a book appearance someplace, granted, those are book buyers more likely to buy a book. But I can do a couple periscopes. You know, you just sort of I have this sort of approach towards it. I don't know what's right or wrong. You know, you just got to keep doing things. Well, so no, I, th- I think you bring up a really good point. Uh, I was talking to my uh, brother about this earlier today. Um, uh, there's power in the word no. Um, yes is very often associated with stress and freaking out and, and finding yourself bound to things. Uh, no is often associated with uh, uh, peace and tranquility and having your act together and so on. Um uh, I, I I am truly trying to endeavor uh, to say no more often to a lot of stuff because uh, because your time matters. Your time is your most limited, least scalable resource that you have. It's the most important thing you have. And uh, I think all of us, especially entrepreneurs, in the early days, yes, you do want to hustle. But but as you mature, I think I think it becomes I think there may be more power in saying no to a lot of stuff. Yeah, it depends. I mean, or coming up with let's try this. You know, I did a I did a book signing early on that I think the only people that showed up were people I knew, you know, maybe four or five other people there. And and, and it's a humiliating experience. It really is. You know, it, it's just one of these things where you're used to if I was doing a magic show or performance or something different environment, I would have a very different reaction or reception. And and you know, I've been through like working on like as a magician, like building things up, going to open mic nights where there's nobody there. I'm not afraid of an empty audience or whatever, you know, but if I have a choice to say what will get me what I want to do, you know, and and I'm not ruling out bookstore appearances, things like that. But, you know, I I did one where the bookstore owner is like, why didn't you bring more people? And it was like, (laughs) you're why do I, if, what are you bringing me then? You know, if, if you're up and I'm like, I, I know it was just that sort of like, and I'm like, I never want to deal with that again. I never want a bookstore owner to, to blame me or say something to me. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, and this was in like a ritzy area or whatever. I'm like, I don't know anybody who can afford to live here, you know? Yeah. And, and it was just that, that kind of response to me was like to have that, like we did you this favor mentality when again, uh, you know, I've done other bookstores that have been super great or whatever, but it's it's a mixed thing, and you have to say what's the most efficient use of my time to go out and promote. And you know, sometimes you have to say yes. You want to say no. You have to say yes, though, just because you don't know. But other times, you know, you get asked like, "Oh, could you go do this thing?" And I'm like, "That's going to take me two days. What's the impact?" I'm like, "Oh, we don't really know." I'm like, "So you just sat around and thought up something for me to do?" And you go through this TV and other stuff. Like you guys are just thinking, "What can we do?" And I wasn't part of that conversation. And now you're telling me you want me to do this thing. And again, this is a generalized sort of thing. And it's like, if it's thought through, I'll do it. And then sometimes you appear difficult, <laughs> you know, and and it's that's the problem is you've got to be like, I want to I will. And it's people who know me, know me. I will work my ass off. But yeah. if it's a the committee says, oh, let's go do this. It's like, did you think it through? You know, is that because? Well, yeah. I, you know, the, part of the reason why I asked the question was because. I know your process, I know your playbook, I know what your instincts are, and 
I do think that when you go into a different system that then tells you, please sub subvert, uh, you know, that, that this is our process. This is how we've always done it. This is how stars are made. Everyone you've ever known and loved has followed this process. You say, okay, yeah, you want to know what? You guys, I, I hustled my way into the dance, and now, and now here we go. And that works, and, and sometimes it doesn't work as well. Sometimes it works as well. It's a big, gigantic machine. There's a lot of cogs in it. Uh, but what I've really appreciated specifically about your process now is that it is, it's conducive to your playbook, if not uh, uh, you know, something that, that you understood as soon as you got that push. As soon as the 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 the, the nitrous, you know, uh, hit in, and now you're sh you're shooting up to the top, you knew that the playbook is continue to activate your core audience to make sure that you can you can get reviews that you understand that the algorithm recognizes quality reviews that people are going to do. So if you've already uh, hipped your your fan base to the fact that this is a book that they can review, now go ahead and do it. Uh, that you want to make sure that you're engaging your core audience by doing all these periscopes, by sending out your emails. This is the stuff you've built your career on, and it is exactly what you needed to do to not only get into the number one slot, but stay in the number one slot. And then when you when you went back a little bit, go right back into the number one slot. Uh, uh you know, uh, after a day, which shows to me not only the fact that. Obviously, you're benefiting from this tremendous momentum that was that was gifted to you by the Amazon First program, but you are making the most of it. When opportunity knocks, you're chaining it to the radiator and making it, uh, uh, you know, do whatever you say. Which is, which is, I think, something that even if it's all just you turning a crank that you don't know exactly what it does, and this is all going to be whatever it is, uh, uh, I think is is tremendously helpful that that your instincts are are rewarded yeah you, you uh, yes and you and i have to i as an author i have to understand the game and learn how it's played both with new publishers and traditional publishers because i want to work with both and, yeah. and and you know i i am very 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 grateful traditional publishing helped me become a much better writer traditional publishing helped me get a foundation in understanding that and you know, what I do in that world is going to benefit from this. I want to be hybrid. I want to be, you know, traditional, indie, all these sorts of things. And so, you know, it's a, a you know, learning and trying to understand how does, how is traditional publishing adapting, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, and this is uh, in, in, in no way to say that there, there is any wrong way to do it, you know? And, and yeah. uh, there is a, a tremendous, tremendous, I don't think there's ever going to be a time in which you are not working in all phases of publishing, which is a rapidly mm -hmm. changing industry. And, and, and this is in no way to say that uh, uh, HarperCollins is anything other than the best possible partner and other traditional publishers can help you move things along because there is a tremendous uh, 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 benefit uh, that you are going to have then, now, and forever uh, uh, working with them. Everybody is uh, trying to figure out, you know, what, what works and one of the reasons like I wanted to go with traditional publishing and uh, initially and go with a publisher in general, you know, go with the publisher in general was if I, I, I like doing indie books, I like doing station breaker things like because time frame, I can just release these on my own and put them out there. But if a book becomes a hit or a success or something really, really popular, you know, uh, you know, you take a book like, you know, uh, 
Angel Killer, you know, it made sense for me to say, okay, you know, the next phase of this book, you know, you want to have having a traditional publisher is helpful. You know, the, the case of The Naturalist, the reason I, you know, going to the publisher on this and being able to take advantage of that is I would not be on this position on my own. I would not be on this position on my own. I've had other books do really well, but I know it took other people fighting for it and pushing it the other way. I got, you know, that Thriller Award finalist thing came from publisher, publishers at Harper saying, take a look at this guy, take a look at what he's done. The Naturalist getting selected for what it is now was, you know, my editor, you know, I had two different editors, uh, Jackie, who was the first one who picked it up, and Liz, who's the one now, both of them, you know, one inherited the book from the other, but they both are very passionate about Theo Cray. And I was so lucky, so lucky to have that nice handoff from there. I've been in situations where, you know, an editor has left in the launch of a book, and it's like, you're literally feel like a foster kid. You know, you feel like you're at a homeless shelter and it's not it's not a fun feeling. But yeah, no. Uh, and, and I've gone through that in television. You know, you have a champion mm-hmm. who brings you in on a project. Then the champion leaves. And now somebody is just inherited and they have ideas that aren't at all the project that you had originally envisioned. We've talked about some of this stuff before, but but it's uh, it's it matters. It matters to have people on your team. It matters to have a platform and it matters to keep that momentum going. Yeah. And. You know, I'm, you know, the, 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 the best things in my life that have ever had happened to me, maybe it started with me being excited and doing it on my own, but it happened when other people came along and wanted to help carry it along. You know, in writing, it was Justin helping me become a better writer. It was Brian and everybody else saying, let's use our platform to promote these things. It was getting everybody else excited about it and helping to carry that. And, and that's, then that's, you've got to, you've got to be doing something interesting, not wait for people to go you know, hold out their hands waiting for this thing. But once they see that you're doing something cool, publishing, you know, it's been, you know, Erica, my agent, it's been, you know, Liz over at Amazon, uh, at Amazon Publishing, Thomas and Mercer, et cetera. So, you know, it was, you know, helping you become a better writer. Hannah, I'm very lucky that I've had these people that just, you know, push that over there. And and I get a, I get to sit and bask in this like, hey, everybody, look at me. But the reality is I had a lot of luck, a lot of luck, but you improve your chances of luck by doing more things. Yeah, and understand like luck goes, uh, not only do you improve your chances, but uh, on a large enough s- scale, you build multi-million dollar empires. Like uh, casinos, uh, they understand that with enough hands of poker, they can they can get investors uh, who, yeah. who reliably will know uh, how much money they can depend on. We, we, when we launched, you know, we're selling magic books and DVDs. At that time, we knew the market was anything would sell was reasonably well to sell at least 300 units. Yeah. So we built a business model on that, that every product could break even at least 300 units. Anything over was profit. And that's how we gamed that system. That's how even even CDs that, you know, DVDs that I overbought, you know, a thousand units, whatever. We never lost money because we just kept at it. Kind yeah. of a Roger Corman sort of effect towards that. I could go to where, you know. I got rid of a warehouse and I threw away thousands of, of DVDs to sh- do everything online because it made more sense just to use a dropship and then try to ship them somewhere. We gamed that. You know, with writing, I said, okay, step number one is become a good writer and keep evolving as a writer. Step number two is write an effing lot, even if it's not books that get released, but keep writing because you just improve your chances of doing, of success. Yep. And, you know, the, the lucky things have happened to me. And again, I got lucky. I got really, 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 really lucky. I'm here because there are other people who work very, very hard and harder. And in this particular instance, you know, I got, you know, the dice rolled my way. And I don't. Yeah, I'll say this. Miracles happen to the prepared is one of my favorite phrases of all time. And 
uh, I like to think of life as at any given moment, you're the thing that happens that whisks you away to your dreams is there. It's just invisible because you're not ready for it because you haven't leveled up to the point where you're ready to catch that wind. And you have always had an A to Z approach on writing, even even before before it was for for what it is now. It was, hey, look, we can maybe make a little bit extra money if we sell X amount of these ebooks, and it's going to take me Y amount of time, and we can make, you know, a couple extra hundred dollars. And if you look at it in context, and in in uh, uh, you know context of what else, everything else we were selling, oh. That's that's good money. Everything uh, everything contributes, and if I keep writing them and you keep multiplying what that means, then that makes that much money. There was a success there, right? And then it got bigger, and then it was agents, and then it was oh wow, it looks uh, look look at movie rights seem to be coming in for ebooks because everyone's just looking for original IP, and if you chart well enough, then you get people sniffing around, and that's the kind of stuff that just keeps getting renewed year after year. So let's write things that are cinematic let's write things that that we know uh, uh could could fit into that context like that's cool so let's write there let's and then it became angel killer where it was like and, and by the way not all of them were were exactly you know uh, like oh write it success chronological man is a great example of of uh, a path in which you followed and it was great books and i really enjoy them i think that they're fantastic reads for everybody but that was a a direction for you as an author that it was like oh okay let let's let's try Angel Killer now. Let's try uh, a more a more mainstream idea. Still, the number one book I get asked for outside of Angel Killer if I'm going to do more. Yeah, and I because it's great because I love it. It's my I, it's it's some of my favorite stuff. Hell, it has Teddy Roosevelt shooting monsters. Like that's that's my <laughs> that's my jam, right? Like that's yeah. that's exactly what I like in life. Uh, but it was like, all right, let's let's think. Let's think where the next win is and it's gonna go from a to z it's going there is a beginning a middle and an end and we're going to see where it goes and we're going to see if there's there's something beyond it but you know angel killer was very deliberately thought out and and everything from that point has been including by the way the books that i've read where may never see the light of day they might see the light of day if if, you know uh where entire concepts entire characters entire worlds have evolved books on books and they're just not you know they're 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 not there yet right you and that's that's a great point to bring up it's like i share my successes with the world i hide my failures and the failures far far outnumber the successes and uh you know I've had books that I've given to my agent. Just tried to see if a publisher's interested in it. And they're like, no, you know, not, not for us. I've had that happen numerous times. You know, I keep wanting to break into the middle grade in the YA market, you know, and that's not happened. You know, I have not done that, you know, and, and that's an example of like, Hey, it must be great being me. It's like, you know, like if you saw the number of times I get rejection, it's far, far, you know, more than the chances I get yay me. Uh, and I've had, you know, the name of the devil, I wrote that book and then I rewrote an entirely different version of it because I wasn't sure about it. And then the first one ended up being the better one and actually got my best critical, you know, clades. 
accolades rather. And then, you know, the naturalist, you know, I gave that to my agent and I think we took it out and I think I did, a, I did, I think I did an entirely new pass on it based on feedback from it. But even then it was hard to find, you know, I had, you know, a publisher we had in mind for it and they just flat out rejected it. And it was like, and they're like, Oh, we'd like to see you do something in this space. And it was like, a, it was not even, maybe you could tweet. It was like, Nope, sorry, door slammed kind of in your face. And it hurt that hurt. Cause it was like, didn't, it wasn't because I expected them to pick it up, but it was like, well, I had a conversation about this book and and you you wasted no time in telling me no, even I changed what I was writing to make you guys happy. That was a little frustrating. But now and again, everybody's oh, acting their own. How you like me now though? <laughs> no, but I mean everybody has to do they have to everybody has to make the right decisions and stuff. You know, I've exactly, made exactly exactly. And and I and it worked out better for the book what happened to it. And I think the people there are happy for me that like, yeah, it didn't end up there and what happened with it. And now with the naturalist number one. I'm just saying, you can be you can be uh 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 the the uh uh, uh well, we, we can do the key and peel Obama translator <laughs> routine. You know, I yeah. I'll just I'll just dance next to you about about the, the path of the naturalist. Uh Hey guys, I gotta uh, I gotta put together the rest of these slides for this ten. Uh, yeah, uh, but my pick is the the naturalist. Uh, I think I think all of our pick is the naturalist available now on Amazon. Uh, uh, please, please, please go get it if you are a Prime subscriber. You can get it for free. Uh, so, uh, real quick, one of the nice little perks is when your book launches. Your publisher traditionally sends you a nice little present or something like a little they call it like your book birthday kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I received in the mail. I wasn't expecting anything. I opened it up and from Thomas and Mercer, they sent me the Kindle Oasis, which is the fancy schmancy Kindle. Nice. It it's leather case and it lasts. The battery lasts for like forever. It actually has a battery built into the case. And it's, you know, super sharp, 300 DPI screen, et cetera. So this is really cool. If you want cool, you, <clears throat> you want the Tesla Model X of Kindles. <laughs> of Kindles. This is the way to go. Grab the Kindle. Well, congratulations, man. Uh, all right, everybody. I would uh, highly recommend that you go ahead and follow at Andrew Main on Twitter. I know that he is periscoping his face off, uh, uh, making sure that everybody knows about this. And if you want a chance to ask him any question about The Naturalist, writing, publishing, Anything that man is an open book to pardon the pun. Uh, so go ahead and check that out. Uh, we are out of time though, Andrew. Guys, thank you, thank you guys. Uh, these two people who are right now, Justin Bryan, uh, they're the wind beneath my wings, one for each wing. And I am very, very, very grateful for both the public and the private support. The 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 brainstorming sessions that I. Both of them helped me out immensely as we analyze what works in the world, what not. The, hey, I need a favor kind of thing. I'm very, very grateful. And to all of you. I have a writing career because of the listeners to Weird Things and Ergo After Things. That's why I have this. It was the first audience. You guys were the ones that infected everybody else. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it, does it does bear mention that right now the number one author on Amazon in his bio lists that he is the host of the Weird Things podcast. So, awesome. That's awesome. I'm very Jesus. proud of it. Gentlemen, it's been an after. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. 